Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah, today it rained cats, dogs, and elephants, I think. I don't know where you were, but, uh, well, I know one time it was like, we must be under Niagara or something. It was, golly, praise the Lord. Now, if you'll just do that spiritually over Oklahoma City. Yeah, 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 praise God. Praise God. We, we need that. Yeah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, so, yes. Amen. Spiritual renewal, spiritual arrival. Praise God. That's what it's all about. Well, keeping in with our religious tradition of having a few jokes this morning. When they first found Moses, he was still in denial. And then another guy said, a real basket case. <laughs> Moses was a baby floating down the, the river in a basket. Okay, okay. Eggs are fantastic for fitness diets. Did y'all know that? If you don't like the taste... Just add cocoa, flour, sugar, butter, baking powder, and cook for 350 degrees for 30 minutes. And finally, this one's for Pastor Kelly. What was Noah's greatest act of faith? Including two termites on the ark. Oh, praise God. <laughs> praise God. Amen. Well, y'all ready for some word from Jesus? We're going to do something a little different today. I got some other things to talk about first, so don't it? Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, we're starting. This Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And this is a 12-week series we'll be doing all summer long. If you miss a week, it's okay because we're going to be talking about different subjects. But just want you to know that this is going to be a great time. It'll help build you up in the things of God. It'll give you a perspective from some of the reasonable things that God has done and left us. Uh, with to know, and actually the first couple of set lessons, there's some uh, well-known world atheists that are really struggling with this right now. Yeah, they're really struggling with it, and it's really cool that they are really struggling with it. So praise God for that, but it has to do with the universe and the way that um, everything aligns itself so perfectly. Praise God. I won't get into the rest of it, let you all hear from uh, Dr. Frank on that, but um, it'll, it'll be great. We'll have a DVD. There's books that'll be available, and then uh, we'll have Q&A, time permitting. So uh, that's going to be just a really, really great time in Jesus. Uh, this is Pentecost weekend. This is Pentecost weekend. What happened at Pentecost? Well, it was the um, oh, the feast of 
first things, I believe. Anyway, uh, for Christians, uh, this side, we find out in Acts chapter 2 what Pentecost is all about. It's called the Holy Spirit being released into this earth. He abides in every born-again believer, and he will fill every person that asks him to be filled. And he will give us that ability that we do not have ourselves. Um, I, <laughs> I laugh at myself. And I always put something someplace and forgot about it. You know, since my wife is not here to direct me on where I put stuff, I've got the Holy Spirit. And I even told him this morning, I said, Holy Spirit, I'm glad Jesus said he did about what he did about you, that it was expedient for him to leave so you could come here and be in me and lead and guide and teach and train me. Praise God. And I really mean that. He, he is our individual God that has come to us in a special way to live and dwell in us, not just among us, but in us. And that's so important. So we celebrate Pentecost, praise God. That's a wonderful time for us to realize and thank God for the things that he has done on our behalf. Thank God that Jesus went to the cross died, was buried, and was raised again to complete his own prophecy of himself, that he ever lives to make intercession for you and me. And by the way, it's just not the Catholics that have performed miracles, but everybody sitting in a seat a born-again believer is a saint. That's what the Bible says. So male, female, you're a saint. Praise God. Praise God. I want to say one quick thing. Um, we've had some really sad, very uh, dis unfortunate things in, the, in our country the last several weeks with some violence that's been taking place. And um, we just need to be in prayer. What this country needs is a revival or even better, an awakening to the things of God. That's our problem. We've not, as a country, we're not giving God the credit he's deser deserved. We're not giving him the attention that he deserves. We're not giving him the time and place in our lives that he deserves. And I won't go into that. We will be doing a podcast in the next couple of weeks out on some things having to do with some of the violence that's going on in our country. But I just want to give you something to think about. Number one, we all need to kind of simmer down a little bit and take some time and look through the, the, the things that are possible and rather than jump to conclusions right off the bat. I heard a, a woman on TV the other day, that well-known uh, TV personality, and she says, you don't need an AR because they're not any good for hunting. You can't shoot a bird with one of them. Well, you can't shoot a bird with a twenty two rifle or a fifty caliber rifle unless you want to splatter it all over the place. You use a shotgun for birds. That's the reason there's different type of weapons. So people don't even know what they're talking about so much. All I want to say is this, and this is not political. This is extremely important. If we lose the Second Amendment, we lose all the amendments. We lose all of our rights, okay? And if you want to take a test case, look at Canada, where now if, if uh, we were in Canada and there's the same sex couple that comes to the door wants to get married by law, I have to marry them. Okay. So, you know, I can always go to jail and that's okay. Been there before for the Lord. Um, 
that's, I've, been, I've been on both sides of the jail for the Lord. <laughs> but that's, that's the issue there is that we lose it, we lose the rest of them. There are a lot of countries that have never had gun ownership. And we look at the ones that have taken gun ownership away, and then we look at their rights. I had a, heard a woman from Australia on a video, don't remember her name, don't care about her name, but she's in the World Economic Forum. And uh, she was one of the people there, and she's suggesting that we don't have free speech, that we have a different modification of that. So those are the kind of things that happen when you don't have the right to stand up for what you believe. So, so much for that. Um, if you don't agree with me, well, I still love you, and you can come in and talk to me next week. We'll sit down and talk about it, and I'll give you some more information. Everybody's still loving me. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Okay, what must I know? Well, first of all, are you thinking 200? Think 200. I want to invite everyone here today to think 200. Continually, ongoing, think 200. How would you act if there's 200 people in this room today? How many hands would you shake? How many necks would you hug? How many people would you smile and say, Hi, so glad to see you today. And mean it from the heart, not as a religious saying, so glad to see you today, Brother Timothy. Glad you're here. No, man, how you doing? Because that's who we are. We are a family. We're part of the family of God. And we need to think 200 because there's some people out there that need Jesus. There's some people that need to be born again. There's some people that need to uh, be discipled. And Brad, if I mess this up, it's all on me. Stay. Praise God. Think 200. Look at your neighbor and say, think 200. Look at the other neighbor and say, think 200. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk today about what must I know. And uh, we're going to do something different today. It's going to be a totally different uh, approach. We're going to talk about our bylaws. Now, we're not going to get into all the bylaws about operations, procedures, and the business of church. We're talking about what we believe as a church. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of different ways to format this. We use the term essentials of faith and what we believe rather than statement of beliefs because if we say statements of belief, we'd have to write the Bible and then a lot of things interpreting the Bible. So I didn't think too many people were interested in reading several thousand pages, and I know I wasn't too interested in writing it. So anyway, we're talking about things that are necessary and what we want to put in a statement so that anybody can look at it and gather what we mean. Everything that we believe is not going to be in the essentials of faith, okay? We don't get into some of the other things that are important. Um, but these are things from a Christian perspective that I think will help all of us transmit, communicate to anybody else outside. But first of all, it's for you. So I'm talking to Church of Tomorrow today, and I want you to be able to um, not only uh, hear what we're saying, 
Uh, and I'm not going to give a lot of scripture verses for it. In fact, I may not be giving hardly any because it's all out of abundance of scriptures. And you're welcome to take notes. And in fact, you're actually welcome to ask a question because at the end of this, we're going to have a Q&A time. And we'll do a little bit there. So I wanted to, uh, to bring this forth so that we can be in agreement if we don't communicate what we believe, it's a little hard for us to be in agreement on what we believe. Amen? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day you've given us to glorify you in everything we do, including our words, our thoughts, our actions. Open our minds to be able to understand what you have for us, our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to understand. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, opening up. Our bylaws, and I'm not going through all 23 pages of them, okay? Yeah, for those of you who want it, we can come back at 2 o'clock and stay at a little midnight if you want to. So, um, But Article 2, Essentials of Faith and Beliefs. And the first paragraph says, We believe in one eternal God who is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the sole creator and is continually involved in the affairs of individuals. And that's important that we understand that God is continually involved in our affairs. Some people are deist, either in word or just in the, their, their thoughts. They believe God created everything, then moved off and is taking a vacation the rest of the days. We're not there. We don't believe that in macroevolution, that uh, something came out of an amoeba pit and just happened to be a person. We don't believe that this universe, just uh, a couple atoms hit each other together and all of a sudden there it is. We believe in a, an intelligent design universe. We believe that God is the creator. That we believe that he's the creator of man and woman. We believe that he's the creator. Everything that we see he made and there's not anything that we see that he hasn't made. We may have put it together and assembled it as a human but that is important that we understand that. He changes not. And uh, that's actually out of Malachi. And then Hebrews 13, 8 says, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is from everlasting to everlasting. The actual word eternity or eternal actually means not only without end, it also means without beginning. God is before everything came because he caused it. Okay, he's, he's the cause. Well, we believe in the Big Bang. Yeah, we know who banged it too, okay? God did it all. And he, is, he was before this physical realm, the physical universes. He's created it all. It's his handiwork. Uh, and we'll really get into this the next couple of weeks. With uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Um, so we, we need to understand that, have confidence in that. Uh, that the, the world has no answers. They have no answers. And anybody that doesn't agree with that doesn't have any answers. They'll have some thoughts maybe. It's like uh, the atheist uh, uh, Richard Dawkins one time was in a, uh, in a debate. And he said, well, you, you explain they had been talking back and forth about creation. And uh, somebody said, well, okay, you, you believe that uh, there just was a, an amoeba or something that uh, started all life. Yep. Um, how did it start? And he just off the cuff, he goes, an alien brought it. 
And of course, the next question, begging the question goes, where did the alien come from? <laughs> you know, there are no answers. And by the way, Richard Dawkins is one of those that's got some different thoughts going on right now. It's kind of cool. Heard him on a clip the other day. Okay, we believe, number two, we believe it's the will of God for all to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So that speaks about the born-again experience right out of Timothy. It also speaks about discipleship, coming into the truth. It goes right along with uh, uh, John 8, 4. Uh, you shall know, if you, if you continue my word, then you will be my disciples. Then you will know the truth. The truth will make you free. And of course, Jesus is the truth. And so he also said, Father, your word is truth. And the Holy Spirit's called the spirit of truth. So truth is God's. It's objective. It has never changed and it never will change. It's not like, well, my truth today is, what is your truth about this subject? No, that's not truth. That's subjective stuff. And it changes according to your feelings. You know, it's kind of the old, she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me. I mean, you know, what kind of a marriage would that be? <laughs> you know, it, the whole thing is that God is objective. That means his truth is. It was, it is, it evermore shall be. And we don't go by feelings, we go by truth. And that's the reason this world is so crazy today because everybody has, the, I got my own truth, how about you, you know? And, um, you know, I'm gender fluid, you know, I identify as a male this morning and a female in the morning. I actually heard a uh, psychiatrist the other day on video who's really very intelligent because she said, this gender dysphoria thing could probably be true between one in 30,000 to one in 110,000 people, but what you see today is crazy. You know, she's one professional that's nice to be out there that has a brain, you know, and I don't mean to mock anybody, but I tell you what, it's so dysfunctional. I don't know how else to put it in words sometimes. You know, it's like if somebody rode up on a horse and they said, well, I rode up on my elephant. Uh, my horse identifies as an elephant. You know, there's a judge in California that has declared bumblebees as fish so, so he could make them endangered species. And I have a friend of mine. Oh, this guy is hilarious. We'll just call him John because that's his name. He, he sent me a, an email yesterday about that article, a news article online. And he goes, here's how I posted an answer. And he went, all this legalese stuff. He was a retired attorney. And he posted it all. I says, John, reply, John, you have overlooked, obviously, one extremely important thing. And that is that all of those bumblebees now identify as fish. No, that is really how it is. And so um, some of you thought, what's he talking about? If you read some of the things that are out there today, I'm not even saying you have to, but you sure can because there's plenty out there, where children as young as five are being encouraged if they feel like the opposite sex to be that. And if you don't allow that, then you're in child abuse. And I'm going to say the exact opposite. If you start giving children puberty blockers and talk about reassignment surgery, then you're, you're doing worse than child abuse. 
That's, that's just unthinkable that we have jumped that far down. So, again, revival, awakening. Jesus needs to be on the scene. The Holy Spirit needs to be filling all of us, including the worst of the worst heathens. And we can open the prison doors then if they all get saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, not just now because, uh, well, we, we, you know, that's okay that you raped that person, but you've done your five months. That's just, that, that is crime right there. Okay. Jesus' death and perfect blood being shed was the only, the only possible atonement for the sins of fallen mankind. So that's saying that we, we, there was a, a fall, Adam and Eve in the garden, and we're saying that the only way that we could be reconciled to God is through the blood shed at Calvary in Jesus and receiving what God has for us by receiving Jesus in our hearts, and calling, repenting of our sins, calling him the Lord of our lives, believing that God raised him from the dead. Those are the really important issues. If you'll stand on that one thing alone, that Jesus is the only way, not just because John 14, 6 says Jesus, the only way, truth, and life. That's, that's great. That's Scripture, and we believe in that. But when you're talking to somebody who doesn't really know much about the Bible and doesn't really understand that the Bible has come from God, it's God-breathed, then we have a way to combat every other religion on earth because Jesus was the atonement for us. There's no other payment because there's been no other perfect God in a man when he became, took upon him flesh, all God, all man, and then died for us, the just for the unjust, the godly for the ungodly, the perfect for the unrighteous. Jesus is the only way. Even if you've got a religion like Islam where uh, they believe in a single God, and that's one of their problems. They do not believe in the Trinity. There's no atonement. Allah just forgives at will. And you, you, God can't do that because he wouldn't be God if he did, because he wouldn't be holy if he did. Sin must have a payment. Unrighteous acts must have a penalty. Jesus was the penalty paid in full. Praise God. So we stand on that. There's no other way to get to God the Father except through Jesus Christ. And Christianity is the only religion, if you want to call it that. I hate to use that word today, but it, it, it actually is a religion. But the way that people use it today, it's not any of that stuff. It's so important that we stand on that, and we don't have to stand on anything else that Jesus paid the penalty, he rose from the dead, that's it, you know? Now, we've got to recognize that we fell, and the, fell, the effects of the fall came through one man, sin entered the earth, and all must die because all have sinned. Moving on. He makes a new creation out of all those who come to him, repent, 
believed that he was crucified, died on the cross, raised from the dead, and they put their full trust in him as their Lord and Savior. Now, that doesn't mean you have to follow each one of those and dot and check each one of them off. But it is important that we understand that all those should be activated in our life. And people, rather than say a 15-second prayer, Jesus, come into my life, I'm sorry, thank you, amen. They, we, people really need to repent. They need to realize where they are. They need to see that sin is sin and they don't want it. And they need to recognize Jesus as Lord. And they need to recognize he was raised from the dead. Th these things are all important. And I'll go through again. That uh, he was crucified. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. And he put their full trust in him as their Lord and Savior. And remember, only he has been raised from the dead never to die again. Okay? There have been some people raised from the dead. You know, we see that in the Bible. But all of those had to still face death. Jesus didn't. He was raised from the dead. He put death under his feet. And he came up alive forever and ever and ever to sit at the right hand of God the Father. This new creation or new birth is by the grace of God alone and only through faith in Jesus Christ. Not of works done by anyone who receives Jesus. It's nothing but faith. Excuse me, nothing but grace, nothing but faith. If you... It's by God's gift, a free gift to us, although it really cost you everything. <laughs> supposed to die to yourself, right? Yeah. But it's a free gift. We cannot earn it. We could not think it. We could not say it. We could not do anything that's necessary for salvation except knowing that God has given us the opportunity to come to his family, to come into his kingdom, to be established in him, to have eternal life with him forever and ever and ever and longer with him. And that we understand that if we try to add anything in addition to that, we add a religious experience, we have to keep the Ten Commandments, which I believe in nine of those ten, if we keep the Ten Commandments, we have to do that. No. Jesus said it's finished. You repent. There's been one sacrifice for all time by Him. And so this is important that we understand it's grace alone, faith alone. We must trust Him. We must put our total faith and confidence to the best of our ability in Him. That, that's it. That's really simple as far as the procedures go. Jesus, I remember getting down on my knees, half drunk, in my van, in my driveway one night coming home, and cried out to Jesus, because I'd been looking at him and looking at him and looking at him, and he's chasing me and chasing me and chasing me, and ask him into my life and make him the Lord or the boss of my life. And you know what? He did. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Go ahead. Give the Lord a handicap. The Lord. A hand, hand clap. Now, some people believe that there is something called the elect. I think all of us see it in the Bible. I don't have a problem with that. Some people say that God has preordained before birth everyone that's going to get saved. And then, some, then they go off on one or two roads after that. They say, okay. The elect has been chosen. They're all saved. The rest of the people, they can be saved, but they may not be saved. And the other road, if you want to use the, the dual Calvinistic thought, is that he's preordained everybody to be saved who will be saved. He's preordained everybody to go to hell that's going to hell. 
We don't believe in that. We believe in a, a free moral choice of each individual to accept God or to reject God, to take his grace by faith or to reject that gift. If, if God, let me put it this way, if you don't want Jesus in this life, he won't make you come into the next life with him. You must choose him now. I remember reading a Freemasonry encyclopedia one time, and they talk about being born again after you get to heaven. It doesn't work that way, folks. It doesn't work that way. We have a choice in this life, and this life is to explore the things of God, to receive His grace, and to want to desire to live with Him throughout eternity. And and you know, I, I can't stand here and tell you everything about eternity. I don't know if I can tell you 1% or not. But I can tell you there is such a thing. It's going to be better than you can think or ask because the promise of God is there. The blood of Jesus purchased that ticket for us. And it is a one-way ticket. Once you get to one place or the other, you're there. Okay? Now, you know, there, there is a situation with... Uh, hell being thrown into the lake of fire. I won't get into that, but I mean, your decision's sealed. So we just need to know that. We need to share that. I want my biological family to be in heaven. I want to see them. I want to rejoice with them. And I don't want to just think that they are. Now, there's no condemnation if you've been working on one of your loved ones for a long time and they still don't come in. Just keep on loving them. Keep on praying. Keep on praying for uh, uh, the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest field. Pray for those things, but at least try. Make sure that people have an opportunity. I had uh, about 25 or so members, maybe 30 of our family together one time uh, on both sides of uh, Teresa's and mine, and I gave about a 15-minute sermonette, bought them all lunch and gave them a sermonette, then passed them a book. One of them we pass out back there, The Resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why well, it's important. So do, you, do whatever God puts on your heart, but seek him and ask him, how can I do this? What can I do to reach aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so or grandkids or whoever? Make an honest attempt at it because you may be the only Jesus they ever see. Or you may not be the one that leads them to the Lord, but praise God, somebody will. Hallelujah. I had one of my grandkids saved right over there in the meeting last year. You know? That's wonderful. So God can do the things because I read somewhere about him. He said, all things are possible to those who believe. Praise God. Not works. We don't add anything with works, right? Okay. We believe those who are made new in Jesus are to love God. Love their neighbor as themselves. That means you have to love yourself. Okay? Love people, love the lost and the saved, and should walk in faith and not by sight seeking true holiness. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot there. Well, we're supposed to love everybody. And love means truth, too. You, you, you can't have love without telling people the truth. Okay? And if you want to tell them the truth, you have to love them. I don't care if they stink. I don't care if they're the opposite uh, political affiliation from you. 
I don't care if they don't have a political affiliation. Sound like a pretty good idea. <laughs> Whatever it is, just think about it and realize and take advantage of what God has put in your hands, in your tongue, however, however you can look about it. You know, the way that my wife was a good Catholic, but she wasn't born again. I got born again. I was a good heathen. And I got saved, and she's in this religious deal still. And so it just happened to be that the evangelistic ministry that I had got saved under on TV made a monthly publication, and I just happened to get that publication and leave it on the coffee table because it spoke about compare Catholicism to the Bible. There's some issues there, okay? Some of the Catholic people are some of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, but they need to be born again. They need Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord. They need to have a reconciliation with Jesus. It's not like I was told by one of my family members that's Catholic that, well, they've always taught us to do what the church says, but your church doesn't say to be born again. It says you trust the church, and you can't do that. Church doesn't have any power in heaven. I'm just being honest this morning. I'm not going to pull any punches. That's not the Word of God. I love every person in here, but I also love your family members that I don't know and your next-door neighbors that I don't know. And those sorts of things are important for all of us. Think 200. By the way, when that, we hit that, we're going past it. Walk by faith. That means we walk by truth. That means we walk by the Spirit. That means we walk by the Word of God, not what we see. Oh, hell's breaking loose in my life today. I'm not moved by that. It may hurt, but I'm just under the circumstances here and I just don't know. You don't need to be under the circumstances. Get out from under those things and get on top of the circumstances. Put your foot on them, praise God, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Treat the devil like a, 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 a devouring dog that wants to snip at your ankles all day long. It's not dog abuse to kick him. Seeking true holiness. True holiness doesn't make how much hair you have or don't have and if you put it in curls or not. It doesn't have anything to do with the way you dress other than it has to be modestly. It doesn't have to do anything about you know, how many rings you have or whatever. It's about the inward person, the heart that counts. And we should be seeking God for true holiness, meaning that we should be able to take the ability the Holy Spirit has given us and to walk before Him without condemnation, without guilt, without shame, but realizing God has brought me into this kingdom, I'm, I'm going to live for Him. It's more fun that way. <laughs> Praise God. So we seek holiness, the truth of things. That's just being more like Jesus. To do so can only be obtained by being empowered by and filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe there's a second experience to salvation, that is to be filled with the Spirit and to be baptized in the Spirit. This is a second spiritual and ongoing experience available to everyone who has been born again. Praise God. We believe in the Holy Bible and all that it affirms. 
It is the final authority for the believer and the church. And we use that language because, you know, it, the, the original text is infallible. Uh, it it's, was written by God through people. But we, we use this terminology, we believe in the Holy Bible all that it affirms because if you don't believe the Bible, if you'll start reading it, it will prove itself. I do not have to stand up and say, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, because it will affirm itself. And if somebody says, well, you know, da, 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 well, they haven't, just, they haven't read the Bible. And, and so, and I know, understand, some people have trouble reading it. That's okay. Be like Smith Wigglesworth. He was, he was illiterate. He read one book in his life. It's called the Bible. And he could quote it forward and backwards and from the middle out just about. Boy, wouldn't that be a good problem to have? Glory to God. It is the final authority for the believer in the church. Well, I believe, well, I believe, I, what's the Word of God say? That's what it is. Well, well, we, there's scriptures that confuse. No, you haven't actually taken the time to study. Uh, there's an old thing goes 10 up, 10 down. You see a verse and you read 10 lines before it and 10 lines after it. That's not perfect in that essence, but it's a good idea. Uh, read, what is this? Who is this written to? Is this written to the Jews? Or is this written to everybody? Or is it in the New Testament? And what does it mean? Is it a cultural thing that we need to look at? Is it an emphatic thing? It's, you know, there for all of us all the time. What is it? Is he speaking to uh, this group or is he speaking to this, this group? There's a lot of little things like that that'll help you understand the Bible. And uh, we'll, we'll probably get into some more of those things in detail one of these days, but um, it's on my list. <laughs> but it's, we need to realize that the Bible is true and all that it affirms. And if you can find it in the Bible and you look at it and it's in the mouth of two or three witnesses, you know, in the Bible, then you probably need to be walking in it. You know, you don't take the verse from the Bible that says that Jesus went out and hung himself and then take another verse that says, go out and do likewise. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Okay. Rightly dividing the word of God. Amen. Praise God. We believe the purpose of the church is to be called out of the world's worldview into a kingdom worldview to glorify God, reach the lost, and disciple the believer. We all have eyes to look at everything through. We have filters. That's our worldview. How do we see things? Do we see it through the Bible? Or do we look at the Bible through the worldview of the world? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what's the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This is your reasonable or worshipful service. Romans 12, 2, 3. So those things are important that we understand we have, we're different. These are those who turn the world upside down. Talking about the early Christian church. Well, guess what? The world, at least in this country, is turn it back the other way a lot. We need to flip it back upside down again. Good place to say amen. Every member is a minister of reconciliation. That means reconciling each other, reconciling us to God, the Jew and the believer, the um, uh, reconciliation of all of us to God. Every member 
is a, is a person of reconciliation, minister of reconciliation. All of the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit are available to believers today just as they are found in New Testament. In other words, some people say, well, it's passed away, went away with the first apostles. Well, I like uh, well, Michael Brown. Yeah. He, said, he said, that's a serious problem when if you believe that the wonders of God have ceased when you just open the newspapers all over the world and see God doing millions of things all over the world and signs and wonders, reaching people. And it's true, folks. People are born again. They're, they're healed. They're delivered. All these things are happening all over the world. We don't see much in this country. Oh, revival and awakening. That's what we need. Because the church of tomorrow will be like the days when Jesus walked this earth. The signs and wonders, and most importantly, changed lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. We believe all gifts and manifestations, not just some of them. Okay. We believe that at death, the spirits and souls of those who have trusted in the Lord Jesus for their salvation pass immediately into his presence and there remain in conscious bliss until the resurrection of the glorified body. At that time, at the time of the resurrection of the glorified body, Jesus will return for his own. The spirit and soul will be reunited with the body and shall live with him forever in glory. All those who rejected the Lord during their earthly existence will be eternally separated from God. Okay. Yep. Marriage policy. This one's a little long. It's got some legalese in it because the attorney, the Christian attorney that wrote this, wrote it for our benefit and claiming free speech and freedom of religion. We believe that because God, our Creator, established marriage as a sacred institution between one man and one woman, the idea that marriage is a covenant only between one man and one woman has been the traditional definition of marriage for all of human history. Traditional, uh, because of the longstanding importance of the traditional definition of marriage to humans and their relationship and communities, and most importantly, the fact that God has ordained marriage be between one man and one woman is clearly conveyed in God's inerrant scriptures, including, for example, Matthew 19, 4 through 6, where, it, where in speaking them about marriage, Jesus referred to the fact that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. Not gender fluid or gender anything else. The church hereby creates this policy which shall be known as the marriage policy. Under the marriage policy, the traditional definition of marriage is the only definition of marriage that will be recognized or accepted by this church. No trustee, elder, officer, employee, servant, agent, or any person, corporation, organization, or entity under the direction or control of this church shall commit any act or omission or make any decision, whatever, that would be inconsistent with or that could be perceived by any person to be inconsistent with the full support of this marriage policy and strict adherence to the traditional definition of marriage opposed to any alternative to the traditional definition of marriage. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Period. <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, we're not going to do this mamby-pamby stuff of, you know, 
whatever else may be thought of or brought about. Um, just a quick word on marriage uh, and, and, and gender, uh, binary gender, that means two. Uh, there was an illustration that I heard, that I think Larry Tomczak was the one that came up with it. Uh, I've known him since the 80s. Uh, talked to him one time, so I've met him, should say it that way. He said, what was the illustration he used now? I forgot it. Um, cook cookbook. Dietary cookbook, no sugar. Everything in the book has recipes in it that do not contain sugar. And at the very first of the book, you open it, and guess what it says? It says, there is no sugar in any of the recipes in this cookbook. Everything will be performed with sugar substitutes such as fruit, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Now, it doesn't, every page that you turn on there doesn't say there's no sugar here. Every recipe you read, it says nothing about any sugar. doesn't say no sugar. The Bible, at the very first of it, says he created man and woman. Okay? And he doesn't have to put it on every page, what he's talking about, because he put it at the first. It covers the whole Word of God. And there's still plenty about marriage. There's still plenty about sec correct sexual things. There's a lot of stuff in there. But that should satisfy the understanding of people say, well, Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuality until 19-something. They've got a translation that uses the word rather than effeminate or offenders or something like that. So the fact of it is you can go all the way through the Word of God and you won't find nothing that will disagree between one man, one woman, and a marriage relationship, period. Praise God. Is that clear? <laughs> This marriage policy specifically prohibits acts or omissions, including but not limited to permitting any church assets or property, whether real property, personal property, intangible property, or any property or asset of any kind that is subject to the direction or control of the church to be used in any manner that would be or could be perceived by any person to be inconsistent with this marriage policy or the traditional definition of marriage, including but not limited to permitting any church facilities to be used by any person, organization, corporation or group that would or might use such facilities to convey intentionally or by implication what might be perceived as a favorable impression about any definition of marriage rather than the traditional definition of marriage. We believe this marriage policy is based upon God's will for human life is conveyed to us through the Holy Scriptures upon which the church has been founded and anchored. This marriage policy shall not be subject to change through popular vote, referendum, prevailing opinion of members, or the general public, influence or interpretation by any government, authority, agency, or official action, or legal developments on the local, state or federal, local, state, or federal level, or any other action. This marriage policy is deemed inviolate and irrevocable by the board of directors and shall remain for as long as this church exists. Amen. Glory. That's it. We love you homosexuals. We love you lesbians. We love you LBGTQ. We love you, but we will give you the truth and we'll do it in love. And we will give you the truth in love. We do accept you as a person created in the image of God. We just don't accept your behavior. 
There's probably some things that we say and do that you probably wouldn't accept about us. That's okay. But if we seek truth together, we're willing to do it. You are welcome to visit Church of Tomorrow if you're seeking God. Nobody is excluded. Is that plain enough? How many people agree with me? Okay, praise God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Okay. We agree with God. Common law marriage policy in no case shall persons be accepted into church membership and our church employment that are known to be living in a common law state of matrimony, a manner inconsistent with the church's teaching on marriage and sexuality pursuant to Holy Scriptures and articles of these bylaws. Okay, that's a shack job. If you're shacked up, you're welcome to be here. You won't be accepted in membership. Nobody here yet is a member anyway. That's coming, and we have guidelines for that. And we'll tell you that doesn't mean you have to be a member to attend here because God's still working on you. Amen? Amen. Okay. So I want to make that clear. We don't reject anybody unless they want to cause a ruckus or something like that or want to stand up and preach Mormonism or something else. We, we won't let that go on. Why? Because we're truth seekers. Sexuality policy. Sexuality and divinely prescribed boundary for the expression thereof is clearly covered clearly in the Holy Scriptures, which limits sexual expression to the marital relationship of one man, one woman, homosexuality, homosexual acts, adultery, bestiality, and all forms of fornication between any persons or category condemned in the Holy Scriptures. We've got about 12 Scripture verses or more. Furthermore, the church believes that gender of every human is encoded at conception and revealed at birth. Whatever that may be, the Holy Scripture does not permit an individual to alter their sexual identity physically or otherwise. While the church has compassion for people who suffer from various delusional disorders regarding their gender, seeking an alternative expression to their biological gender and justifying their avoidance of the basic biological condition for any myriad of reasons or who by reason of familial or environmental circumstances believe they are not the gender they were born as and believe and feel a need to disavow their biological gender, the church does not prescribe any exception from or permit deviation from the Holy Scriptures in any respect pertaining to the biological gender of a male or female conception and evidenced by observation at birth. Further, the church does not uphold or sustain any culture or legal framework that otherwise permits or promotes such delusional disorders. It's the preference of the church that such persons seek psychological help in resolving their delusional disorders and come to the truth of who they were at inception, created to be male, female, not a hybrid. Now, let, let us be clear. You've been involved in some of that stuff in the past, and you've repented. There's not any difference between you and somebody that stole a nickel. Okay? God's after repentance. We've all, all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all been there. The question is, are you repentant of it? Do you agree with God now? That's what's important. Is that clear enough? Okay. I have sinned. 
and a lot of different areas. We won't go into that list. We'll be here to Thanksgiving. And then I can't remember, but it's just a few of them. The point is, are we repentant? Are we repentant of stealing, of sexual promiscuity? Are we repentant? Are we, somebody has an addiction and you're struggling with it? We want to help you. We'll help counsel you. We'll pray for you. We'll bring deliverance to you if you, any way you need it, if we possibly can. We love you. We care about you. You're important. You're creating the image of God. Nobody's going to be turned away from this church unless you're, you know, willful act of disobedience and anger and all that kind of junk. That's the reason Tasha's out here. She'll deal with it. She'll sit on you. The truth is, We've all sinned. We need to recognize it. Sin to God is sin, period, regardless of what it is. If you've had all your sexual genitalia changed and you're repentant of that, you're welcome here. Amen. Is that plain enough? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Okay, bathroom policy. Consistent with the church's sincerely held religious beliefs, gender-specific bathroom facilities may only be utilized consistent with gender revealed at birth and not gender identity, expression, or a person's gender confusion. Optimal family non-gender-specific bathrooms may also be available. Now, by the way, we don't own this building. We lease this building. Okay? And if somebody wants to come here and lease it, that some other kind of deal, that could happen. Okay? Now, I don't think it'll happen if it's some kind of a, you know, there, there are laws that cover this stuff, and we have a religious exemption, and we can say what we want to say when we're in control of the building. But I just want to let you know, we may have an opportunity for evangelism. It's quite possible if they think they can come in here with the power and the anointing that God has left here. <laughs> glory, glory. Uh, I I've been on homosexual outreaches before, witnessing, preaching, and trying to help some people see the light. I don't have any problem doing it now. Sinner's a sinner. Somebody stole a nickel. You're qualified as a sinner. In fact, it didn't even have to be a nickel. It could be a toothpick. Child dedication policy. This is the last one. The church believes, by the way, if you have a question, we're going to take a few minutes. I know we're probably going to normal length, but we're going to have a Q&A opportunity. There's a phone number on the screen, and you can text that question, and Pastor Kelly's going to screen them. He's going to screen them for things that are pretty much on subject and also screen them for anything that wants to say somebody real silly so that... He also will screen the duplications, maybe put a couple of them together. So if you have a question about anything we've talked about today or in line with that, you know, you're more than welcome to ask a question. There's the phone number to text your questions to. Child dedication policy, basically I just says that we believe in child dedications, not baptism at birth. Um, we, we believe that the born-again experience has to be done by the, each person individually. But we love to dedicate children, to lay hands on them, to bless them, and to, uh, you know, protect them prayer-wise in every other way that we possibly can. So we want to do that if the parents are, or want that done. We want to be here for you for that, okay? But we don't believe in baptizing for the dead. 
We don't believe in baptizing the babies. We do believe in dedicating the babies. We don't dedicate the dead. <laughs> That's in the Bible that some people do that. So. Amen. Okay, you got any questions yet? Okay, we're not going to answer that one either. If you have one, need to send it through really quickly. Praise God. Well, again, we just did this so that you would have an understanding. And as you see, we brought out a lot of biblical things in this message. <laughs> you have an understanding of what Church of Tomorrow is all about. And um, we want you to, to know that. We want you, uh, I believe these are the things we all can agree on. There's things that we won't agree on. Myron doesn't know everything yet. And he would, he would say, hold it. <laughs> we discuss something and it's fine. And we'll discuss things. I mean, golly, if you believe everything I do just like me, then we don't need me. Just need you up here. <laughs> uh, praise God. But, um. It's, it's important that we have an opportunity to discuss other things. You ought to be around when Jeremy and Kelly and Brad and me get into it. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Do what? <laughs> it, don't take that the wrong way. It's fun. Yeah. But everybody brings a piece of the pie together so they come together and fit. And uh, God's still working on Kelly anyway. <laughs> Got any yet? Last chance. Give you another minute. You have to text it. I can't take him verbally. <laughs> go ahead. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Little boys can go into the ladies' restroom, yes. Okay. <laughs> Little. <laughs> you did say, okay, we do, and I believe this with all my heart, I don't care what you say you are or if you've had any sex changes to the other side, okay? But your birth, no matter what, if you're a boy and you come on in here and you've already had all of that, no, we love you. But what you say as pastor, now that he looks like a girl, Okay, I, 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 it, it, it's, it's all fine. I turn them to Kelly. <laughs> now, if, if they've been through sexual reassignment surgery, then, you know, that's, uh, that, that, that's going to speak what they are. So that's, that is a little different situation. Uh, but most trans people haven't done that. Um, we used to use the word transsexual, which uh, is actually sexual reassignment surgery. Um, we don't, I haven't heard that in all the stuff that I've looked at. You looked at it now. Um, haven't heard that, but that's, that's a different. A lot of people, like Leah Thomas, 
the big dude that swims, you don't want to look at him in a swimsuit. Not below, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's obvious. I'm glad somebody caught that. There's a couple of, this row caught it. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Do I have to say everything? Uh, I, um, I was raised to respect ladies. Bunch of guys, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a that would be an exception. Um, but it has to be done decently in order to, you know. Um, and you know, we have other bathrooms around here too. You know, if we had an issue, we can use a gender non-specific bathroom. So, thanks for asking that. Any, anybody else? Anything? Okay, everybody got it all? No, no questions? No thoughts? So, praise the Lord. Pastor Kelly, would you come up, please? Uh, it's been a good day to understand where our church stands, what we believe, what we will hold to. Uh, there should be those kind of things that you have in your own life as well. You should be established and learning the things of God so that when things of the world come toward you, you'll know how to respond. You won't be in chaos wondering. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. But you have your own time to individually find what you do believe and what you stand on. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to uh, share a few things. Number one, uh, that which uh, Pastor Dan has been talking about today um, are essentials of faith. Okay, the first portions of them are located in paper form there on the back next to the double doors right there. So we encourage you to get yours, okay, and, and kind of look over them again uh, to help you, okay, to know what we believe. Amen. And then um, as well, uh, we have um, small little uh, cards that we're going to have each week for everybody. And they have a, mem a verse on it. And in that, okay, we want you to go home, meditate on it, memorize it, okay, because we're going to be having one each week, okay? God's people need to know God's word, okay? And so we're supplying in every way we can, okay, his word to you. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. So they also are located in the back, okay, for you to take on your way out today. Um, I also wanted to uh, just share with you, as I was thinking about uh, our time of giving, is uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18, and Moses was uh, talking to the people of God, and he was sharing with them of all the things that God has done and where they came from, and what God had delivered them from, and what God was who God was taking them to, and what was ahead for them. And out of that, and when you start getting uh, into that place where you start beginning to prosper and succeed, don't forget where you came from. 
Don't forget what who God is and what he's done for you. Amen. And then in verses 17 and 18, it goes on to say, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And so we want to make sh- remember that as you begin to become uh, successful or prosperous, okay, in the things of God, and, and you begin to uh, get a good hold of how life is flowing and, and your finances are going well, uh, you need to understand that it is he who gave you the ability to do all this. And out of that, our response should be for us to give back to him the first fruits of what, how, how he's blessed us. Hallelujah. Uh, again, when someone does something marvelous for you, your desire is to what? What is your desire to do? To do something back for them. Hallelujah. So I encourage you as you give today, uh, we, you give, you know, through the uh, drop box in the back with the card and uh, you can do online, you can do text to give. Okay. And so remember those formats by which uh, that we give. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it is good to give. Look at someone else and say, it is really good to give. Okay, Uh, I want us to be reminded this Wednesday, we're starting our 12-week course on I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Now, we're going to have some paperback books as well as um, the workbooks that are going to be available for purchase so that you can use them to better equip you for the course, okay? I encourage you to come, okay? I know it's a commitment, and I know the world doesn't like commitments a lot of times, okay, or long-term commitments, be faithful. God's calling his people to be faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Yeah, if someone doesn't have money for books, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get you those books, okay? Uh, but uh, if you are, are interested in coming on Wednesdays, this is a powerful uh, experience for you to be built up in your faith. Amen. Yeah, provision's already been made for those books, okay, and workbooks and so forth, if you have any issues with, uh, you know, finances. Uh, Starting next Sunday, we're going to be uh, starting our Church of Tomorrow Black History Library. Now, it's going to be a small, okay, selection, okay, to start with. We'll build a little bit as we move along, uh, but we'll uh, have some available for you to check out so that you can gain some wisdom, Okay, along those lines. Amen? Uh, make sure and subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or any other place where you uh, do podcasts. Just search for Let's Talk About It Tomorrow. Everyone say, Let's Talk About It Tomorrow. And then while you're at it, okay, make a, a comment or a review of it once you've heard one of the, uh, some of those podcasts. Pastor Dan and I did a couple over this last uh, week, and one of them's already up and, and running. So we encourage you to go there and uh, look up. Uh, let's talk about it tomorrow. Amen. Uh, also, uh, I want you to look right over here. Everyone repeat what this says, okay, in big letters right over here, okay, and then numbers over here. Ready, go. Think 200, 
twice. Let's do it again. Think 200. Three times. Ready? Think 200. Last time, think 200. It doesn't say 20. Okay? It says think 200. And what does it mean to think? That means uh, think about. Okay? Let it meditate. Okay? Let it go around and around on the inside. How can I, okay, bring and help uh, cause this body of Christ to grow? Hallelujah. Amen? And now I know there are some people who like it small. Okay? And, and God will bless. But God's kingdom is in a what kind of kingdom? An expanding kingdom, isn't it? And so we want to expand in our kingdom, okay, so to speak. We want to expand the kingdom of God. So look at your neighbor and say, we are about expansion. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. I don't want you to forget about these cards that we also have about Think 200, okay? These are for you. Okay, pick up several on the way out. Okay, we also have the smaller business card size. Okay, for you to uh, pass out as we go through each and every week. He's got his right there. Hallelujah. Praise God, our pastor's got it. <laughs> uh, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you for your word which has gone forth. We thank you, Lord, for our, our, um, uh, the things that you've uh, uh, placed before us, Father, how we stand as a church body. We thank you, Father, that we take your word, hallelujah, from today, and we go and we release it, Father God, to others who are around us through this week. We are, Father, uh, uh, called, Lord, to bring others into the kingdom. And so, Father, give us opportunities this week to accomplish that in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We just thank you and praise you. Hallelujah. We speak, hallelujah, the precious blood of Jesus to cover this body. Hallelujah. That the blessing of the Lord is released over this body everywhere that we go, all that we do, all that we say. Hallelujah. Every transaction we make, Father. Hallelujah. Your kingdom upon it. Hallelujah. And we just thank you and praise you for the results of it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, come up here. We'll pray with you about things. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Go in the power and the love of God.